the leader. No right to even say that other than by the grace of God. Um, <clears throat> the last two days has been men's retreat, and maybe there'll be a little more on that later, but there was a thought that came up there that I, I've been thinking about. It says children are inherited of the Lord. And the thought was that our children are not our own. They belong to God. In fact, they come from him. An heritage or an inheritance means that there is a giver. And in this case, it is the Lord. And he is the one, he is the source to give. And really, it belongs to him. And how that would change everything, we can talk about training and discipline and all the things, but if we recognize that every soul, every precious soul belongs to God, it changes a lot of things. I'll let you meditate on that. The other thing I want to talk about, that, and it was more subtle, is that we are strangers and pilgrims. And you know, we, we say that, we pass off, this is not our home. I'm just a passing through, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And it's true. But how do we live in a foreign land? What are we to do in a foreign country? And how are we to live our lives? And so I'm going to read just a portion of scripture this morning from Jeremiah 29. I invite you to, to read with me this morning. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. And we're going to see what happened when Judah was carried off to Babylon. And the prophet Jeremiah sends a message to them as to how to conduct their lives. And we're going to read just a portion of that. Brother and sister, today we are in a foreign land. The United States of America, as wonderful and as a great a blessing it has been, is not our home. It is not. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards anybody or anything. It's just simply a fact for the believer. Jeremiah 29, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This happened after Jeconiah the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elisa, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, this is what we wanted. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. 
and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets or your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to their dreams, to your dreams which you caused to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my, perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place, which is Jerusalem. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, <coughs> excuse me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Do you know what we're supposed to do in a foreign land? We're supposed to plant trees and vineyards, and that's a long-term investment. And we're supposed to do that to be a blessing to our people, which would be the believers in our case. We're supposed to, and if you'll notice, it goes on down and it says, you're to pray for the peace of the nation that you're in so that you can have peace. You know what our role is today? It is to be the finest stewards on this planet and in this nation. And our role is to cry out continually before God doesn't make any difference who the rulers are, what party they're in, or what their theology is. We are to be praying for them, for peace upon them and their rule. And God says, when you do that, I will bring you peace. Do we really act like we're in a foreign nation today? You know why we get upset? Because we get to thinking that this is our home. And it's not. We're waiting for that new Jerusalem to come. We're waiting for heaven. And so this morning, I just want to encourage us as we go to prayer. Let's pray for President Biden. Let's pray for the Nancy Pelosi's and the, all of them. Let's pray uh, that peace would be on this land and on this people. Why do we do that? Because in some wonderful way, it brings glory to God and he gives peace unto us. I'm going to ask for prayer requests or if you have uh, testimonies of the glory of God this week, we'll like to hear them also. The floor is open. Yes, uh, just many of you would know 
Brother Fred Pfeiffer from uh, the Dallas Center Congregation in Iowa, and uh, he has been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer, I believe. And uh, they've given him six months. If he takes chemo, maybe a year. And uh, Fred has been. A lot of you wouldn't know him, but he has been a uh, a leader in the in the Dunkard Brethren Church for many many years. A very capable man. Anyone else? Well, I guess I've been on this bend, but I really believe that every family is under assault. Every family. And I think we need to be praying, even though we are in a foreign country, we need to be praying for every marriage, every home, every family. I'll lift them up to the Lord. That we would have strength and discernment for whatever we're headed into. It doesn't look very pretty, does it? It looks pretty negative. But God will raise up people for this time. And they may very well be in this sanctuary this morning. And so we need to be praying for them. Kidron, I'm going to call on you to pray. Anyone else? Let's go to prayer.
Just pray your hand of peace upon us all. We pray for uh, all of our families. We pray for our marriages, like Phil said. We, we need your Holy Spirit to, to be in us, to guide us. And we thank you for the promises that we can read in your word that you will be here. Just give us the wisdom to continue to read your word and to understand. We pray for Brother Bart today as he'll bring a message to us. Pray that our hearts will be open and receive it. And we are just again ever thankful that Jesus came and died and saved us. We pray in his name. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, but the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of that light. That was 
the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He, Jesus, was in the world. The world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, but His own received Him not. But to as many as did receive Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, who are born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld that glory, even the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Open your Bibles to Ephesians for a text today. Book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Walking in the light of Jesus. As John said, Jesus is that Word sent from God into the darkness to shine that light into this dark world. And, and we who believe in Him receive that divine light not only shining around us, but shining in us, and then we become the reflectors of His light in this dark world. And that's what Ephesians 5 here, a passage of this, is talking about. The title of the message this morning is really a second part a couple weeks ago. If you remember, the message was walking with God as we learn to walk in the Spirit, the Spirit of life, Galatians 5 and Romans chapter 6. Today, walking with God, walk, learning to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. We're all on a journey. Some of you have walked with God for many, many years. Some of you just really a few months. We're all on a journey walking with God. We're all on different places on that journey. We have different struggles, different joys, but we're all called to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We seek, all of us, especially when we struggle, we seek instructions on how to walk, where to walk. I believe the Bible gives us some very good, detailed instructions on, on how we are to walk with God. And this is just one piece today, learning to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, Clem talked on the subject of love, and he didn't really title his message, Walking in Love, and yet it is so closely connected. Walking in life, walking in love, and now walking in light. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. 
Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, you'll notice these are the works of darkness. Fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be named once among you. That's pretty harsh language. Don't partake of this. Let it not be named once among you. As becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. It's pretty black and white language. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. And that word partakers means partners. Do not partner up with them. For ye were sometimes in darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And that word reprove means to expose. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. The works of darkness are exposed by the light of Jesus Christ, and it becomes manifest or made known by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I really don't think I need to add commentary to this passage this morning. It is pretty well self-explanatory, black and white, either light or darkness. Walk in the light. Verse 8 really is the cap sheaf of the message today. For ye were sometimes darkness. Speaking of our past before Jesus Christ. But now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Walking in the light. Walking with God really. Let's start there. Walking with God means several things to me. Pretty general, but it means 
first and foremost, that we are in His presence. Walking with God means that we are in the very presence with God. And that should mean daily in our life. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. It's really about the only thing we know about him. But he walked with God. The Bible says Noah walked with God. To me, it just simply means they were in the presence of God, walking with Him on a daily basis. Another thing it means to me is that we are in close fellowship with God and in deep communion with Him. And I'll say this morning, if our intention is to walk with God in this way, in close fellowship and communion, it must be because and only because we're walking in step with His Son, Jesus Christ. You want a close walk with God? Get to know Jesus. It's that simple. Learn when you're struggling in your walk with God, learn to take step with the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in His steps. And especially after we come out of men's retreat, I must say this, that we must take our walk with God seriously, not passive. It is so easy, especially in this uh, country that we live in, where Christianity is so broad and sometimes watered down, it is so easy to claim that we're walking with God and yet we're living a passive life. It, we must walk with God intentionally. This takes us to verse 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. That takes us to the biblical teaching of the rabbi and the Talmud. <clears throat> Not only examples in scriptures, but uh, the Jews still would practice this type of teaching, a very effective way of teaching the next generation. A Jewish rabbi is a man who is well learned in the things of God. He then calls individuals to follow after him, and he becomes, we would use the term mentor today, he, he begins to teach them the ways of God in a very profound way. But this type of teaching does not usually take place in a classroom setting, you know, but it comes through following after this man of respect, following after your rabbi on a daily basis, learning to walk in step with him, learning to... Uh, um, see his daily examples, the things of God, and real-life practical application, a daily walk with the rabbi. The Talmud is usually interpreted as disciple or student, and yet we, we probably could better interpret that word as apprentice today. Because an apprentice is, is someone, usually a young man or woman, who, whose total goal is to become like the teacher. And that's really the example of the rabbi and Talmud 
is that his followers would be walking in step with him, learning from him, respecting him, and wanting to become just like him. Now we know that Jesus was a rabbi. He was probably the greatest teacher of all teachers. And we're not only called initially to come out and follow him for our salvation, but more than that, we are called to follow him in our daily life. We are to be found walking in the dust of the rabbi. That is a phrase that is often used even today among the Talmud and the rabbis. So you may walk up to another student and you may say, are you walking in the dust of Rabbi John or something to that effect? And the concept there is is very uh, effective to me because basically what that is saying is, especially as you go to the land of, of Israel, when it's a lot of times dry and dusty and you can picture the rabbi walking the path, the daily path, and his Talmud is right there with him and the dust that the sandals stir up, that, that student is tasting and smelling and seeing. He's walking actually in the dust, very close to his rabbi. So I ask us this morning, as we enter into the subject of walking in the light with our Master Jesus, are we walking in the dust of Rabbi Jesus? Are we tasting that dust that his sandals are stirring up? Are we walking closely with him and learning from him and going where he goes? Walking with God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says here that once we walked in darkness, Ephesians 2 would bear that out. Isaiah chapter 59 says the same thing, that once we were in darkness and there was no hope, we were groping for the wall like blind men. We saw no light. And then God, through His arm of grace, sent down Jesus Christ, who is the light, for the arm of salvation hath appeared to all men. Once we walked in darkness. 1 Peter 2.19 says that we were called out of his darkness into his marvelous light. Can we get a hold of that? I guess to really appreciate the light, we must first see and, and remember our darkness. You've walked You've walked in out of a dark room into a bright light and your pupils are still big and it's almost blinding. I want us to get that effect this morning. We were once in darkness, but God has called us out by Jesus Christ. He's called us out into His marvelous light, the Lord Jesus Christ. I once worked with an electrical inspector in Preble County and him and I worked together for a lot of years um, and you know we had a lot of talks. He, um, he was big into beef cattle, he also had a beef herd. I grew up with 
polled Herefords and had an interest, at least at that time, in cattle. And, and we would often talk about it. Well, once I heard that, that Fred was off work, he'd had an accident. Come to find out, one of his big bowls had kicked him, both feet, on the chest. He was off work for weeks, but when I, when I saw him again, of course, I asked him about the accident, and he told me something that I'll just never forget. He said, you know, that bull kicked me and laid me flat, and I saw nothing but darkness. And this is the scary part. He said, Bart, that, that darkness was so thick and heavy, and you could have cut it with a knife. I said, you know, Fred, God wasn't done with you yet. And that's really all I said. I got back into my truck and I thought, you know, I missed an opportunity. We were once in darkness outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was our life. That was our walk. And that was the fruit of our lives, the works of darkness. John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that followeth me. And that's the same concept as the rabbi and Talmud. He that followeth me in my dust shall now live in the light. There are several truths and promises proclaimed when we are found walking in the light of Jesus. We'll just take a glimpse at a few. There's many. As we read the Word of God, number one, the Word illuminates itself. I can't get my mind around it. John chapter 1 that was quoted the Word was that light, and that light shine in, shone in darkness. And when we read the Word of God, the Word illuminates itself. I can't explain it. You've been there. You're reading a passage, maybe one that you've read many, many times, and all of a sudden the light bulb comes on. You understand what it's saying like you've never understood it before. That's not your own intellect, brother and sister. That's the light of the Word of God illuminating itself and giving you understanding. That's one aspect of the light of the gospel. It means to understand, to give understanding. And it's a very vital aspect of walking in the light of Jesus Christ. You understand passages in the Scripture like you never did before. Another maybe I'll give this illustration quick. With old style lighting, you remember the old incandescent light bulb? the light would be really bright underneath of that light fixture 
and then it would just dissipate depending on on the lumens of that bulb it would just dissipate out into the darkness I used to have a a night guard on my barn an old mercury vapor night guard this way it really wasn't all that bright but it was bright there at the barn and reflected off the barn and yet you could go way out into the field and it might only be a half a foot candle or something it was really dim but that light would just kind of go out into the darkness well now with new LED technology you know they're not light bulbs they're actually chips and depending on how much you want to spend for a light fixture the manufacturers can direct those chips within those reflectors and even in in some cities today we have to go by certain codes to eliminate um, light pollution so they don't want so the LED lighting is much brighter today and there's been a lot of complaints I suppose and so they don't want that light pollution going on to the neighbor's property and you can see that um, some, some of these new gas stations for example with the LEDs under the canopy and if there is no code in that area that light is so bright that it almost blinds you when you drive by the gas station but when that when that is regulated and this is interesting and you can notice it if it's if it's installed that way and regulated that bright light almost stops at the property line at least within a few feet it can be so bright on this property where the lights are but the property next to it is black and that's again depends on how much you want to spend on light fixtures but that is possible today and so I just asked this morning how close are you walking to the light of Jesus Christ because you can follow afar off and maybe you got by with it for a while but now there's a more definite line are you walking in the light or are you walking in darkness the word illuminates itself if you want to get close to Jesus if you want to walk in the light and experience the light of the gospel we must be found walking in the Word of God number two the word who is light illuminates our path before us Psalm 119 105 you're familiar with that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my pathway the light which is the word will illuminate our path again we struggle we don't always we don't always see what's way out in front of us we don't always know what tomorrow will bring but we can have confidence when walking in the light of Jesus Christ the very Word of God will illuminate our path one step at a time there's been times in my life when I could only see that one step of faith but God would make it clear and then the other step and then the next step and then the next step and some of you have experienced that as well the Word of God will illuminate the path before us trust him trust him because he's walked that path before you follow him 
You've been here probably walking in the darkness, following someone else who is holding the flashlight, and you must keep up with them in order to be able to see the path. I remember one time backpacking with the boys and it got dark and we were in Kentucky and some of you have, have been in that area, rock cliffs and you better stay up with the one holding the flashlight. I don't know if mom ever really heard about that. Um, it is critical that we walk close to the light and when we do our path is illuminated. Now, number three, the light not only illuminates our path around us, but praise be to God, the light of Jesus Christ actually penetrates our hearts. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When the light of Jesus Christ penetrates our hearts, it does two very profound things. One is, we already read about in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, I believe it was verse 13, it exposes our sin. It reveals our sin. When the light of the gospel penetrates our heart, it exposes our sin. The second thing that it does is it changes our heart. And it has to happen in that order. If chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servant's sake, for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, For God, who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. A very powerful verse. The light not only illuminates our pathway, the light not only illuminates the very Word of God itself. The light not only uh, penetrates our heart and exposes our sin, but the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ gives us a changed heart. And this brings glory to God. Once our heart, number four, once the heart is changed, the believer is walking in this light. This light reflects off of the believer's life. So the Word of God does many marvelous things, and there's much, much more. 1 John chapter 1, the epistle of John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That fellowship, again, is the same concept of abiding in Jesus, walking in Jesus, following after Jesus. 
as a disciple, a learner, an apprentice. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Verse 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And I didn't look that up in other versions, but I love the way this is worded because it brings it in from both angles. In him is light. And just to make sure that you get that message very clear, I'm going to say it this way, in him is no darkness at all. That's perfect light. The light of the gospel. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. Praise be to God. He cleanses us. We have a changed heart. And this light reflects off of our light. It's His light reflecting off of our life. Reflectance is also a big thing in the world of lighting. This sanctuary, for example, when we're bidding a project or designing a project at work, we choose a certain lighting reflectance level. And it's critical because in this sanctuary, if, this, if the ceiling was painted flat black like some sanctuaries are, and the walls were painted a dark gray with this darker carpet, it would probably need at least a third more lighting. It would either need more fixtures or brighter fixtures because that darkness absorbs the light and there's a lot less reflectance. When you get light-colored walls, if these walls were white, it actually helps you to light the room because the light, of course, shines against the light walls and those walls actually help light the room and so it takes less lighting. It's more efficient, we'll say. Well, in the light of the gospel, I don't suppose we're looking for efficiency, but it is critical that the believer must first be walking in the light if we expect our lives to radiate and reflect the light of the gospel. And when we are, when we're walking in the dust of the rabbi, when we're walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. The light of the gospel reflects to others in this dark world. As we think about our life, so that gets right down to where, assuming that we have believed on him by faith, that we, have, uh, that we are walking in the light, that the word of God then is propelling and radiating and illuminating itself in our life, giving us direction in our life, assuming that our path is illuminated according to Psalm 119, assuming that the light of the glorious gospel has shined in our heart, has exposed our sin, and has changed our hearts, and now the light of the gospel is going out to the world through the life of the believer.
through His power and His light. Now, this is a responsibility. I read an article where a man had, has friends, rabbis, in Jerusalem. He asked three different, this is modern day, rabbis. He asked three different rabbis at three different times, why don't you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, your Messiah? All three of them responded a little bit differently, but basically the same concept. The first one responded, I believe he was a great teacher and a rabbi in his day, but we Jews judge a rabbi by the behavior of his followers. As I see the behavior of his so-called followers today, he could not have been the Messiah. I don't know what that does to you, but it rips my heart out. We think about the reflectance level off of the Christians, us Christians today. The second responded, he too believed in the existence of Jesus as a good rabbi and teacher, but his followers have done so many evil things through the ages, and I suppose he could have been referring to the Crusades and different things. If his teaching did not change their hearts to obey the him, then he must not be the Messiah. The third rabbi responded, about the authority of the rabbi. He said the authority of a rabbi is in question here when his followers do not obey his teaching. It is so critical that we who believe are found first and foremost walking in the light of Jesus Christ. Equally so, I don't know how to separate it, but that light will then reflect off of the life of the believer. If we're following at a distance, if we can't hardly even see the dust of the rabbi, if the light is so dim, our reflectance level, I'm sure, will be dim as well. And that has an effect on the people around us puts our walk into perspective. Do we realize this morning that everything we say and do sends a message to those about us? A message of whether or not you really believe in Jesus. Because if you do, it will change your life. Who is Jesus to you? When I was a teenager, I was with my friends and I, I believe my sister and brother-in-law touring old Alcatraz. Some of you maybe have been there, the old prison just out in the Bay of San Francisco. We traveled that, uh, toured that old prison, 
you know, there's been movies made there and so forth since. But I remember the tour guide brought us to cell 13, the isolation block, and he off, he opened up the big steel door. He said, anyone want to go in? We'll shut the door for 30 seconds, and I promise we'll let you out. And so I was one of the first to volunteer, stepped into that cell. He slammed the door behind of me, trying to make it real, and it was black. I, I don't know if I've seen darkness like that since. It was just so dark. And then after several seconds, he opened up the little sliding door where they would have uh, slipped food into the prisoner, and it was bright. I mean, this little tiny. And then eventually they opened up the door, and of course, uh, it was so bright as you stepped out. But that cell was dark. And again, all of us outside of Jesus Christ were walking in darkness. Those who have not stepped into the light of the glorious gospel are walking in darkness. So how about our life? I ask myself this same question, is my life shadowed? by the things of my flesh, by the things of this world? Does this darkness, darkness of this world shadow my life? Am I following afar off or am I walking in step with Jesus who is that light? The light of Jesus Christ, again for a recap, illuminates the word itself giving me understanding as I walk. It illuminates the path around me giving me direction here and giving me a heavenly perspective. It also shines into my heart exposing my sin and brings about a change in my heart. The light of Jesus reflects off of the life of the believer who are walking in this dark world. And lastly, the light reflects from our life back to God to bring Him glory. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that was read, verse 6, For God who commendeth the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Our life, based on His light reflecting not only reflects in this dark world around us, but it reflects somehow back to God who gave it as glory to Him. If we're walking in the light. There's only one way, really. There's probably many subtopics, but there's really only one way to be giving God glory, and that is to be walking in the light of Jesus Christ. And that glory shines back at Him in His face. He receives that glory. Again, the text, Ephesians chapter 5, For we were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. 
and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whosoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Let's have a song. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. 